Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the eighth session of Midnight Moments. Today, uh, last all last week, we were talking about presence and coming into our hearts. And this week, so so this practice all we, that we did last week of coming into presence, coming into being in our hearts, was all to deepen deepen our surrender to Allah. <clears throat> deepen this place of ability to get in touch with ourselves so that we can purify purify our our hearts and ourselves so that we can remove this uh, this what covers over our hearts that gets in between uh, ourselves and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so as we had said last week he who knows himself knows his lord and so the closer that we try to get to this place of witnessing, we need to be knowing ourselves in a deeper way and doing this process of internal reflection, self-reflection. So because our ourselves, uh, our, our notion of ourself and our individual identity tends to get in the way of this witnessing, right? So our job is to sort of get ourselves out of the way. And this is the work that we need to do, why we do this process of self-reflection. Um, so in that work, we need to understand what is the self, really. And so it's different from an Islamic paradigm than what we're usually familiar with when we talk about the self in a contemporary way or in a Western context, we talk about the self and, and most of us, this is how we orient ourselves to our identity is the self that we identify with, that we project to the world. So this is the self that is based on our cultural uh, upbringing, our, our experiences in this world, our, um, our memories from birth until this moment, right? And I'll, often that is a uh, mental-based understanding based on our thoughts. And um, it's limited, right? It's limited because from an Islamic perspective, our identity, as we've been referring to, comes back before this life, comes back to this moment of, and so it's important as we start to understand ourselves and do this work of unpacking the self so that we can get closer to Allah, closer to this realization of our fitra, that we understand what is the self. So I want to look today at understanding the self from an Islamic paradigm and sort of breaking down um, the difference of all the, the dynamics that are involved in that. So I want to share a, um, a model that came out of the research that I've done in this area. And so this came from uh, an intensive study with 18 scholars of exploring what are all the dynamics from an Islamic perspective that, that how we understand the self, 
or the soul from an Islamic perspective. You may have, if you, um, if you watched Samir Mahmoud's talk, his first lecture uh, in the series last week on uh, lessons from the cave, you may have seen him reference this model. And this is just an adaptation of the model that uh, from a different article that I wrote for the Productive Muslim. But I'm gonna focus on this one and we'll uh, put in the comments a link to, these, to both of these articles, um, as well as a video where you will, I explain this in more depth. But I just wanna give a, 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 a breakdown of how we understand the self. And so this can be pretty complex and confusing. So I wanna break it down. So what's important is that we're understanding that the trajectory of the self really starts before this life. So we have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is central in our understanding of self. So, and this is already fundamentally different from most contemporary Western or, or just contemporary notions of psychological frameworks for understanding the self doesn't necessarily involve God in the picture. And so what we're understanding is that we first put Allah in our understanding of ourselves and understand that we're going back to before coming into this life. And so going back, as we've been mentioning a lot, this moment of alastu birabikum, where all of the souls witnessed that Allah was our Lord. And, and we said, bella shahidna, indeed we witnessed this. Um, and so this is our true state. This is our fitra that we're in this life coming, trying to come back to. And so it's important that we understand that the, the Islamic understanding of self is not limited to this life. It is prenatal and post-mortem, right? So we have this longer trajectory that we're looking in, in terms of defining ourself, who we are, where we're going. So Allah first created the dunya, right? And in the dunya, he created the human being. So this circle represents the human being. And when we came into this world, so we were in this moment before this life of uh, witnessing the reality, witnessing Allah's oneness. And when we came into this world, we became veiled from that. And we got this nafs, right? This, this aspect of ourselves that is oriented in the dunya, where we have this sort of illusion of separation, where we, we believe or we experience ourselves as separated individuals. And so this is the aspect of the nafs. Um, but then Allah breathed into us the ruh, and the ruh is directly from, from his spirit, right? From his, his, that we have this aspect within our being, within our soul, that directly connects us to Allah and to that original state of witnessing. And we always have that inside of us. And in the dunya, we have distractions, and shaitan is a part of this experience, and shaitan can influence us through the nafs to be distracted from that original witnessing and be caught in our separation. So we're caught in this dunya experience and we stay with what we, what we experience as separate individuals. And when we are oriented towards the nafs experience, then, uh, and not trying to uncover or realize or uh, get to this deeper part of ourselves, we, we can, the nafs can be in a state of nafs alamara, nafs alamara bisu. And so when we, so this means the soul that commands to evil, 
But evil can really just be forgetting Tawheed, being in a state of this separation. And so uh, the nafs often gets a bad rap, right? We talk about the nafs as this bad thing, but really what we're talking about is the nafs in a state of nafs al-Mara, because we know as, that the nafs also has the ability to be nafs al-Mutma'ina, right? So when we are um, in touch with that ruh, the nafs can be purified, uh, and be nafs al-mutmiyas. But when we're in nafs al-amara bil-su, when we're in this downward trajectory being influenced by the dunya, by shaitan, then we can be in a state of ghafla, where we are in forgetfulness of our original nature. Right? So we're turned towards this downward projection. But then the, the nafs has this ability to be purified. And so the nafs isn't bad in and of itself, because it can be nafs al-mutmiyina. And this is connected to this ruh aspect of ourselves that we have. And when we are in tune with that aspect, that, that ruh aspect of ourselves, we come into the, our fitrah of our soul being in a state of witnessing Allah, witnessing that Allah is our Lord. And so we, be, we exist sort of between these two poles of potentiality, right? We can be we can be pulled to this downward pull, pull towards the red aspects or be uh, realizing our true nature then pulled to this upward trajectory towards uh, uncovering and coming back to our original nature. And so now we talked a lot about the heart. So the qalb is the center of the human being, right? In the middle, in the, in the center of our being is the qalb. And this is, where the dynamic happens in between these two potentialities. And part of the qalb, you know, we talk about aql as intellect, um, but really the aql is, is an aspect of the qalb. It's a function of the qalb in terms of this reasoning. So it's differentness than um, discursive thought or, or intellect. We have that as well. But aql really is this aspect, you know, kulubun yakiluna biha. They have hearts with which they reason. And so it's this ability to see things as they are, that the, the, the qalb has this ability, but it can get covered over. And so the qalb has this mechanism of being able to turn. So the word taqallab means to turn one way or the other. And so it has this ability to turn and the aql can and be involved in the process of using this you know, it's this shackle that we use this reasoning to make better choices, to turn ourselves in one way or the other. And when the qalb is turned towards the nafs, then we are disconnected from our true nature and we're caught in this distractions of dunya and the distractions of our hawa, our, our lower pulls towards this separation and this individuation experience. But when the qalb is turned towards the ruh, we exemplify this, this true nature and we can come into our fitra of being in this witnessing. So this becomes really important why, what we, where our focus comes in with, with uh, being centered in our kalb, being centered in the heart 
and doing this work of purification of the heart. And when we engage in this process of taking ourselves into account, this is where the stage of nafs, nafs al-lawama. So in between nafs al-amara bil-su and nafs al-mutma'ina, we have this ability to be in the state of taking ourselves into account. So this is where we're, we're working on um, reproaching ourselves, right? Um, striving against the pull, this downward pull, and striving for this upward pull. And so this trajectory in our lives here is about growth and about coming back into this revealing of our true nature. Um, so we, we need to do this work. This is the work that we have to do in our heart. And so this work of that changes where we are on this, what, what the, determines the state of our nafs, whether we're nafs al-amara, nafs al-lawama, nafs al-mutma'ina, is this work of jihad al-nafs. We're really struggling within the soul. It's like this, this purple area in the middle is like the battleground of the soul where we really need to be doing the work. And um, we'll talk about, later in the week, we'll talk about these things on the, the left-hand side. But for now, just want to focus on these, these aspects because these are, these are things that people mention a lot. The, the ruh, the qalb, the aqal, the nafs, and these nafs, the stages of the nafs, but it's often difficult for us to understand how they are in relation and how, what that means for us in terms of the work that we're doing. Um, so, like I said, this, you know, this is just a very brief um, overview of this model. Uh, you can, you, if you're interested in finding more, going more in depth and understanding in more detail, there's, uh, I've written an article that goes into the sources and the, the interviews with the scholars and we'll put the link there and you can, you can access that. Um, but uh, we, will, we will talk about how the importance of understanding where our agency is in this, right? So it's in this, this purple area in the middle of this model is where we need to focus our attention and focus our work on um, the, the jihad enough, this, this work on the self. And so, so tomorrow, what we'll do is we'll talk about um, how it's our job to, to change what is in ourselves, this work that we need to do internally. So I think if there's any questions, I know that this, this can bring up a lot of questions because it's, it's confusing, it's dynamic. There's a lot of aspects. People have a lot of questions about how these things come into relationship. Uh, let me see, have questions. Okay, so when we are in a state of contemplation, are we connecting to all four elements, ruh, kalb, akal, and nafs? 
So uh, what's really important is that it's talking about these different elements is useful to understand different dynamics. But really, what's important to realize is that the soul is one, right? So Allah is one. Everything is interconnected. And so when we talk about the, the soul, this is one entity, right? So it's not necessarily wanting to think about it in, in separating out these things. So really, when we're engaging in contemplation, we're, we're, we're experiencing all of these things at once because they are all one. But what we can, what may often be our experience is that we're identifying mostly with our nafs because we're just, we're caught up in the busyness. And this is why we want to come into these states of contemplation is that we're trying to connect with these deeper parts of ourselves, right? So we may be sort of out of touch with our hearts, out of touch with um, this deeper part of ourselves. And we're living from this, you know, I've often said that we, we, our identity is from here up. We're in our mental capacity. And oftentimes we're, we're driven by things that, you know, our desire or even just being caught in this illusion of separation. And this is when we're really experiencing our enough. So it's sometimes often behavior driven. Um, and so what you would be doing in contemplation is, is, is taking the time to be still to then connect with the cob. So you're engaging all of these things it's a matter of um, bringing your awareness to them, right? So you, this is what's deepening your level of experience of your whole being. Because all these things exist in you at all times, we become disconnected from the realization that we even have a heart and much less being tapping into that, that akal, the perception of the heart, and then doing the work to uncover the, the kalb so that the, the light of the ruh can shine through the kalb onto the nafs, and this is where this process of purification happens. Um, let's see, how can we understand mental illness, depression, anxiety, according to this model? Is it related to the akal pulling the kalb towards dunya? So essentially, um, this idea of mental illness is, not even necessarily an Islamic concept, right? It would be this uh, disequilibrium of the entire system. So there is no just mental experience of the human being because like we said, all of these aspects are interrelated and integrated into the being. So when a person, when a person's internal system is out of balance, so all these things that we laid out in the dynamics, if somebody is, um, disconnected from their heart and and in this state of nafs, nafs al-amara bilsu, it's going to put the system out of balance. And so what's going to happen is there's going to be um, experiences of this disequilibrium that manifest in different ways. And so mental illness, or, you know, we say mental illness, but really there's that's a big um, spectrum of experience for some people Everybody experiences some sort of anxiety, of worry, hum, of, of you know, um, and so it's degrees really of that experience. And um, so the more that somebody is working on um, uncovering 
the things in their heart that are encrusted over the heart and not allowing this balance to come into fitra, then the experience is going to be, um, it's going to come out in different ways. So and this is what we'll talk later in the week about the muhlikat. So these are, Ghazali talks about these as diseases of the heart. And so these can be manifested as anxiety, anger, um, and, and even some mental illness. The distinction though, when people talk about mental illness, now there's really a clear distinction between biological, physiological aspects that are that can be caused from physical issues, right? So even just chemical imbalance or or other things that are affected by the body. And our early scholars talk a lot about this. Uh, Abu Zayd al-Belhi has a whole um, um, where he distinguishes between different diseases um, and mental illnesses. And so it's important to distinguish that some things are just biological and some things are a matter of uh, these, this disequilibrium in the soul that, that can then affect this. So what we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, build on this throughout the week. So this week we'll be talking about the self and self-reflection and this process of uh, introspection. And so we'll, we'll go a little bit more into uh, later in the week into the, the left-hand side of the model where we'll talk about this muhlikat and this is where understanding the diseases of the heart. So inshallah, we will get more into this and, and unpack things as we go. Thanks again for joining me and uh, inshallah, I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum.